The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter in each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence. You are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rate the Record podcast, episode 79. Ah, oh, I almost forgot who you were, let alone what number we're on. 79, yeah, I guess, eh? I guess so, because it's been so damn long to those of you who don't know. This isn't just a brand new episode. It's a brand new season of the podcast. Hey. Uh, season five now. We took like, what, six weeks off there, and we're finally back at this game to be tortured and ridiculed for our musical choices. Yeah, it's season five. Maybe we'll be better this time. <laughs> You're a very hopeful host for the day, our Chris and it's Savannah. Yeah, it's now we got it's time to shake all the rust off and try to remember how the hell we do this and <laughs> hopefully not piss off too many people along the way. You never know, right? <laughs> That's the goal, though, is it not? Hell yeah. Well, at least we're trying, I guess. Anyways, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Brand new episode, brand new season. So this is pretty exciting. Uh, so yeah, thank you very much for being here. And make sure you do a bunch of things to help us out. So that way you found us. We want other people to find us too. So there's a bunch of things you could do to help. Like, subscribe, rate, share, comment, follow. All of those things help build us up in the algorithm a little more each and every single time. So go ahead and do that because we're trying to build this musical community brick by brick by like, subscribe, comment, rate, share follow all that kind of stuff right yeah Woo. exactly and all the places that you can like and subscribe and all that kind of crap all the things you know the crap that's good apparently ratetherecord.ca that's where you can go visit that now because there's plenty to do over there you can find all of our social media links you can find all of our streaming links you can request albums over there album giveaways that we do which for june 2023 which is almost over by the time this video comes out but we're releasing pearl jams 10 you still have a bit of time if it's still june you're watching this so go ahead and enter for that good luck if you do and of course the rtr club for five bucks a month where you'll, you'll get a shout out early access bonus content all that good stuff all of that is found at ratetherecord.ca uh yes what he said good but, job but I, there is another link on ratetherecord.ca i wonder what it could be i'll let savannah drink from her very flashy mug first and i gotta straight up my shirt's all wrinkled and stuff like that yeah audio listeners you have no idea what we're talking about we have merch now <laughs> oh my god we technically cold launched this back in season four by hinting at it and never actually wearing it and then like over the break i think for my ilts video uh for queens of the stone age i wore this shirt so that's like your hint but yes we have merch uh and there's uh three different designs as we're making this video there's this one there's also the one with the vinyl in the middle with rate the record across it uh and i guess for audio listeners uh, i'm wearing the plain text rate the record podcast shirt and we also have our b tier line so it's like not, <laughs> not quite a tier material but it's a b tier line of shirts mugs and hats so by all means visit rate the record.ca i would say the other link but honestly it's long and stupid and it doesn't let us change it so just oh. go to rate the record.ca and find the link there it's a lot easier yeah don't you want to be on the b tier joke i mean it's really fact, but it's a joke too. I was it, it's like a weird, obvious Better. inside joke. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna this get mug is of of the utmost quality, and I think that everybody should buy it. Exactly, it survived the thirty foot smash test. Ask Chris, no, it fucking didn't. <laughs> but we're gonna <laughs> tell people it did anyway. 
anyways yeah it is episode 79 isn't it we got no more music to go through this year oh this year this season at the very least i'm excited uh, for this one yeah not only am i excited for, i'm excited for the whole Good. damn season but this this yeah. one is different because two things about the beginning of this season first off we've never started a season with an anniversary album and second off we've never started a season with a hip-hop album We've done like a few rap and hip hop albums on the show. Like we've done a small handful of them and everything like that to varying degrees of like popularity and stuff like that. But this one is considered one of the most like influential rap albums of all time. Episode 79 today, we're looking at Public Enemy in the 35th anniversary of their album. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Stop picking things from the late 80s to remind us of our ages. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm still younger than it, so I don't I don't mind. <laughs> uh, I I am a couple months younger, but it hurts nonetheless. Yeah, you're like so close to it too. Yep. But yeah, 35 years of this album, as I said, it is indeed one of the most influential hip hop albums of all time. And I mean, like, I've liked Public Enemy for a long time. I've never like listened through their discography, but I usually end up liking songs that I hear. So I was just like, you know what? I'll, this anniversary is coming up. By the way, it's like June 28th, so two days after this podcast comes out. But I was like, hey, you know what? Perfect start to the season. Gives me a full excuse to like just digest this album completely. Why not do it? And let's tear apart Savannah's choices and pick a hip hop album right from the get go. I see what you're doing and I I'm offended. Uh, well, we'll see how offended everyone's going to get or how offended you're going to get as we move further through this whole damn thing. But before we get into the actual, you know, rating review of the album and everything like that, I guess I'll explain a little bit about the band and the album, although I shouldn't really have to say much about Public Enemy. I mean, they're quite famous. I mean, people know the name. Anyways, Public Enemy is a rap and hip-hop group from Long Island, New York. They were formed in 1985 by a small group of rappers and producers, with only two of the originals still around, that being MC Chuck D and Hype Man and occasional rapper Flava Flav, better known for his role on Flavor of Love. That is in my review, yes. Uh, absolutely. Well, how can it not be? Like, I, <laughs> I, I think more people, like of maybe the younger generation might know him through that show alone rather than his work through public enemy <laughs> that's how i knew of him first so yeah. perfect Ber see that, that that that's kind of just adds to my point <laughs> originally they had a dj by the name of terminator x who is actually in this album by the way and he worked with them up until 1998 later replaced by the current dj dj lord in 1999 so chuck real name carlton riddenhauer met Flav, real name William Drayton, at Adelphi University in the 80s. They both started working on their MC skills together, and Chuck would eventually pen a demo track called Public Enemy Number no. 1 due to feeling ridiculed in his local hip-hop scene. The single caught the attention of renowned producer, mentioned many times on this show, Rick Rubin, after Andre Brown, also known as Dr. Dre, a lot of aliases on this show right now, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Dre showed this to Rick Rubin, and so that's what eventually got Chuck and Flavor signed to Def Jam Records, and they would eventually change their name from Chuck D and Spectrum City. I forgot to mention that before, but they went changing, they changed it from that to Public Enemy. They released their debut album, Yo Bum Rush, the show in February of 1987. It got a lot of positive attention and critical acclaim. Riding on that success, they released their follow-up album a year later, Today's Album Topic. It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, or It Just Takes a Nation is also the short form of it, was released June 28, 1988 through Def Jam Records. It was recorded at a few different studios, including Chung King House of Metal on in Green Street in New York City, Sabella in Roslyn, New York, and Spectrum City in Hempstead, New York. 
The album was produced by Rick Rubin, Chuck D, and the influential hip-hop production team The Bomb Squad, which go back to our Year Zero episode when I mentioned Trent was super heavily influenced by Bomb Squad for that album. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure if you compare the two now, you can definitely tell. Uh, The Bomb Squad's also worked with uh, artists such as Doug E. Fresh, Slick Rick, Ziggy Marley, LL Cool J, Peter Gabriel, Ice Cube, salt and Peppa, and so many more. There's like way too many to name, but there's just some big ones right off the top. And which one's the odd one out in that list? Sheesh. Ice Cube, yeah, I know. (laughs) The album deals with themes of African-American empowerment, critiquing white supremacy, and how toxic the media can be. The album is practically perfect across the board, having been called one of the greatest and most influential albums of all time. Every review score on Wikipedia, including Pitchfork, Enemy, Spin Alternative, and the Spin Alternative Record Guide give it a 10 out of 10. The Source and Select give it a 5 out of 5. Rolling Stone Album Guide, Q and The Guardian, and our good friends over at all music give it a five out of five stars and chris gow's I, I don't even know if i'm pronouncing that right chris gow's record guy gave it an a minus so that's in our world of lettering the letter system nice. uh despite that though it, it did chart but not in as many countries as i thought it did so it did hit number one on the u.s billboard top black albums chart and number eight on the uk albums chart and that's it that's surprising oh, wow and wow. it went platinum in the u.s and gold in the uk and that's it Despite its, like, huge, like, credibility and popularity, like, I'm surprised it didn't chart more, but regardless, the album spawned five singles, Rebel Without a Pause, Bring the Noise, Don't Believe the Hype, Night of the Living Bass Heads, and Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. Interesting. There's a lot of long names on this album. Mm-hmm. When I, I have my little scorebook next to me so I can write down, like, your songs when we get to the ranking part of the podcast... Uh, and just writing out the titles on my own page from my side, I'm just like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> Whatever the one word songs, which was really easy to do. I'm writing out sentences at this point. We need to find a band that labels their songs track one, track two, track three. Okay, we're going to listen to Ghost by Nine Inch Nails because there's four of them. And each one is Ghost 1, Ghost 2, Ghost 3, Ghost 4, Ghost 5, Ghost 6, Oh yeah, Ghost 36 yeah. songs. And it's just yeah. one through 36. Oh, it's so much easier to remember. I would just write down the numbers too. I don't have to keep writing the word ghost. I get it. I know what an album it is. I get it. Exactly. <laughs> Alrighty then, with all of that said, I think it's time that we actually start jumping into this album and doing this. It's been a while since we've done it, so let's see how good we are at it. Psych, we're not good at it. Anyways, oh. let's get it started. Uh, just before we dive too hard into it, just going to say this is a 16-track album, but we are foregoing one track. That is the very first one, Countdown to Armageddon, because technically it's not a song. It's like a live vocal introduction. There's no singing, no rapping, no music. It's literally just an introduction to the band live from London. So we are not including this in our score of the actual album, and there's no really review of it either. Yep. With that said, we'll get into the first real track of this, the album song number two, Bring the Noise. Wow, that one sounds familiar, huh? Okay, so, excuse me, I I have a problem with the song, and it's the lack of anthrax on it. Um, I had only heard the collab from 91, like, ever. I've never actually heard this version. I didn't realize how much Anthrax actually brought to the song musically because it sounds like huge and full. So when I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh, my God, where is everything? It sounds much quieter and more like empty in comparison. I would not say empty. I I would say like when it comes to like the surround music. You're just used to the metal sonics. Yeah, and it's awesome. And I love that one so much. (laughs) I love it so much. But like, I don't know. I mean... 
I've listened to it so much that I actually sat there, read the lyrics while listening to the song going, if my mouth was fast enough, I could probably rap the entire song. Just practice. That's all you need. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there rapping about being black and someone walks in there like, I'm leaving. I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be. I was going to say, like, I, I can actually rap along to uh, Forgot About Dre by Dr. Dre. Yeah. Uh, subtracting a few words from that song. Have, right. Have you know? But uh, other than that, I've like, I've, I've learned how to, I, I can't write a flow like that on my own, but I can copy it. <laughs> I can rap one song and it's three MCs and one DJ by the Beastie Boys. That's it. I can sing every single uh, part. Rap. Yes, how yeah. Safe. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's it. Yeah, I thought to myself that this was going to be jarring for you because, like, I know I'm well aware that you know of Bring the Noise with the Anthrax version. Oh, yeah. But, like, you can hear the basis of that one, though, and, like, where they added to it. Like, they obviously, what they heard in the original and just decided to throw in their own shit. Yeah. One thing I really like about the Anthrax version, I'll throw this in real quick, is, like, you know how, like, in the verses you have that guitar riff that just the high pitch that kind of, like, bends up? Yeah. Well, you also notice in this album that that happens a lot, that, that kind of like weird high pitch horn that kind of happens a few times to the album a, f- a few, few times, times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean i just i like that they at least brought that to it as well and like yeah mimic that part of the style too so i thought that was neat that's all i'll say about the other anthrax version though because this is the original yeah version um you got you got you know that you're gonna have a, a good solid start to the album when you use a james brown sample to, to open up the album i have to look on the site who sampled just to like look at every okay. single fucking sample. i didn't write them all down so oh, don't get cause excited because i i was definitely heavily relying on you to tell me who sampled what because i think i looked up one because i was really curious because i really liked it was it the slayer it. one <laughs> yeah, was you fucking Anthrax fan, fucking thrash metal ass, fucking. Ugh, I knew it. <laughs> oh, you can see right through me, goddammit. <laughs> well, what other sample could be on this album that you'd be so curious about that didn't stand out like a sore fucking thumb? That's right, it's Angel okay, of Death keep, by Slayer. Keep talking about your review, less about mine. Come on. <laughs> listen, I love the drum groove in this track. Like, listen, the metal version's fun, but I love the mm-hmm. funky drum groove in this one, too. Makes it really exciting in the, uh, the beginning. I love the staccato horn samples that kind of come into. Uh, that's really cool in the background. It's a good texture to add overall to, like, a very noisy loop that runs through most of the track. So, I don't know. I, I think there's, this was off to a good start at the very least. Um, I am glad that I have heard this song in some capacity because when the album started, it caught my attention right away. So personally, I like Ooh, that. song number two. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know this. Um, but uh, I did. He- now, this is just a, a question or a hypothetical question. Um, so I read that they collabed with Anthrax because they say Anthrax in the song, in the lyrics. But they also reference Sonny Bono and Yoko Ono. Well, what if they collabed with one of them instead? Well, maybe How would that sound? maybe Yoko Ono's on this album. So every time you hear those high pitched squealing noises, <laughs> Yoko going eh! just uncredited. She didn't need the the publicity. Yeah, that's that's part of the uh, mystery of art. Sometimes you just go uncredited. It's just like <laughs> it, the, part of the art is the mystery behind it. It's hilarious. So confirmed, Yoko Ono is on this album. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, aside from that, I just want this is a uh, a general uh, comment for the entire album. Uh, I am a oddly a huge fan of record scratches, so I don't care if they sound fake, if they're real, doesn't matter. For oh, this some is pure reason. real here. 
for some reason, I love it. So first track, I hear it. I'm like, okay, I am, I am optimistic. No, ter- cautiously optimistic. Terminator X literally has like turntables, records, and just going. I love it. Oh, I love it. This oh, is it old school. This so is 1988. They're, they're not going to have like digital sampling back then. You know, like it's a whole different game. I figure since they sample a lot of other stuff, who knows? And most of the time when I say, oh, this sounds great. You're like, now it's program. Now it's program. So I was erring on the side of caution this time, just yeah. in case. 1988. <laughs> and I think this, yeah, this is like their second album. They, they had more money to do it, but at the same time, like it was, it wasn't that advanced. Maybe some computer stuff, but it must've been like very archaic. But yeah, um, I do like the uh, the flow on this. This whole album, really, Chuck's got a great flow. But then this one, just to start it off with it, it's like among one of the best on the album, too. I mean, there's some really good ones, but I really like this one. And just a fun start to the album overall. I dig it. I agree. It's not where you're used to, but it was still pretty good. Yes. Alrighty then. Song number three, another single. Don't believe the hype. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. Okay, now... I don't know if this is just a person, like a pet peeve of mine. Um, I hate songs that do that, that like repeat half. I don't, there's a Duran Duran song that is like that. And I absolutely hate listening to it. And I forget which one it is, uh, but I'm pretty sure that I've complained about it before. Was it on the Um, album that we did? It was not. Ah. It, uh, yeah, I do not remember what song it is, but it's like they, they do that sort of like, repeat eat, 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 eat song and i fucking hate that but in this it wasn't too bad um i feel like when it's kind of on time it doesn't sound too chaotic which is good um i really like the guitar sample behind the verse but i could have done without the repetitive squealing and that is not the first well i guess it is the first but it's not the last time i am going to say that I, I like it because it kind of it, that kind of carved out its own style because like even way back when like you know in in the 80s when like hip-hop was still trying to find its footing like it still stood out in this way maybe it does sound a little annoying at times but I mean like it still it still became a very iconic and influential sound and like it I don't know something about it because I'll, I'll maybe because I like noisy stuff too so I didn't mind yeah. it I I think when it's First couple, like this one, I'm like, okay, it's a little annoying. And then it's, okay, maybe it's just me and my preferences. But then as you're listening to the album, it comes up a couple more times. You're like, okay, that's a, it's a little much now. And and there are certain tracks that I really like the music in behind. And I felt like that squealing kind of took away from it. Um, this one, it wasn't too bad. Uh, it does get worse for me at least. Um, but the chorus, um, <laughs> what is with the don't believe the hype? And this I'm going in the background. <laughs> don't believe the hype. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, fuck, I looked up that sample too. It's like the start of a song, and I can't, I didn't write it down though. Please. I'm singing it like that. I can walk here going, <laughs> it's kind it of like, sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> It's like it's kind of like you're you're about to wash something in the sink. You feel something spongy and realize you don't have a sponge in the sink. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, made me laugh. So I mean, bonus points for that, I guess. <laughs> well, for the most part, I don't mind the squealing stuff. I think it's fine. Again, I think it kind of like helped carve their style, especially through the Bomb Squad, who like you know we're good for doing that kind of stuff. Um, I I love the the 
bass and drum groove again we got another really funky track on our hands here so i really like it i think this one also had another james brown sample too so that kind of adds to that a little bit uh like part of me feels like the song was a little too long but i mean like chuck's really good with his flow and like just the amount he has to say in general yeah and i i actually think that the call and answer with uh flavor was hold off really well there's there's a lot of points on this album that i just don't care for flavors like interjections of being a hype man it just it gets pretty irritating pretty quickly especially when you just when you hear yeah boy like fucking 500 times <laughs> i was gonna do a yeah boy count oh uh, like, you, you probably should have forever you probably fucking should have <laughs> i've done weird obscure show on, on episodes in the past you could have done that one yeah i would have well, given I mean, it to you I, I mean, at the, uh, my entire, I guess the wrap up of the album, um, part of it is I was going to do a yeah boy and public enemy number one count, but I figure saying a lot would just cover it. Can I get a witness? And that too, that's another thing that kind of pops up a lot. There's a lot of like one liners that like oh, yeah. pop up a lot. I like how they yep. sample themselves all the time. Oh my God. They're okay. I don't know. How'd like, you run out of samples? I don't want to spoil anything, but the amount of samples from Bring the Noise that are scattered farther into the album, there could be more, but that's the one that I'm most familiar with. So when I hear it, I'm like, man, so meta. It was so before its time. (laughs) It's like a callback to 20 minutes ago. Well, I mean, this is back when they actually legitimately went to record stores, found old fucking like jazz funk and soul records found one tiny little part that they liked and actually i think there's actually uh, i think it's the next song there's actually a sample by sweet which we just talked about off camera Ooh, i didn't know so that. that that's that I, I was so i found it so strange <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know we'll talk about that when we get there but yeah i actually do like the call and answer with flavor and chuck in this one they have a, a few good songs for it but like his random interjections just just kind of like he just keeps dragging on and on and on. It's like this badass Chuck D and this like little fly of a man, flavor flavors fucking going around. I'm just like, God, just swat that guy, please. Yeah. Yeah. Just take his clock and just clock him with it. Yeah. And please make sure he doesn't make a TV show in the two thousands, please, please. Oh my God. So it's, it's funny. Um, just my last two points for don't believe the hype. Uh, I agree with you. Feels like it's taking an eternity. And my last point just said, I don't really know what else to say about this song. So how about we talk about the 2006 MTV dating show Flavor of Love? And his, uh, what, his on-again, off-again relationship with Brid- Bridget Nielsen or whatever her name was? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, because they were on The Surreal Life before that. Oh, yeah, I that's watched, what it was. I yeah. watched all of it. Of course you did. <laughs> Scumbag. <laughs> I liked watching much more music. What can I say? Well, sorry, VH1. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, the buyout. All right, we'll move on. Speaking of Flavor Flav, song number four, Cold Lampin' with Flavor. Not even Hot Lampin', it's just Cold Lampin'. Um, So I don't have very many, so I'm just going to run right through them. Uh, That squealing is really grating on me. Uh, When you said I might like Public Enemy, what exactly were you talking about? Not this song. (laughs) Um, I wish I had more to say other than eh. And I don't care much for the constant repeating of catchphrases, which I assume to be most of Flav's lines. That's the flavor. (laughs) Some about potato and garlic potatoes. I don't even (laughs) fucking know, man. I just, I I am wait, like anxiously waiting for a song where Chuck D is, is rapping because at least I feel there's some like substance and some thought behind it. 
but like any song where it's just Flav and it's just kind of like, <sighs> I get paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I don't know. His, his hype man funny. stuff can kind of annoy me, but honestly, he he's not he wasn't that bad of a rapper on this album. Like actually, I think he's got a really good thing going on this song. Like yeah. I'm not huge on all the lyrics he's doing, but I mean like he sounds good doing it. Like I'm not annoyed by listening to him rap because at least like there's more going than just yelling, "Yeah, boy, I'll do that five more times at least in this whole fucking video." <laughs> That's fine. It will still be less than what I heard listening to this. So yeah, I mean, again, his hype man shit can be grating, but I mean, the rapping is not so bad. Uh, it's a fun and energetic beat, so I'll give it that much. Uh, I, I love how we saw some like good life in the album without feeling like too much, at least in my opinion. I suppose because mm-hmm. you seem like you're already being tired out by it. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, pretty close. Pretty say, close. I was gonna say we have like twelve more songs to go. Trust me, I know. I know this one felt like it dragged a little towards the end because like because of how much he kept repeating like that's the flavor ketchup whatever the hell that's the flavor pickle lettuce bun bread that's the flavor uh, mac and cheese and sunny D and that's the flavor and then pebbles on the ground and his lollipops that's the flavor <laughs> yeah I might as well be singing those because that could be the right lyrics for life I can know he just keeps going on about things with the flavor <laughs> Too much. Too much. Um, I looked up what cold lamping means, though. Yeah. What's cold, that? cold lamping or lampin is just a slang for just chilling and not doing much of anything at all, which is weird. Uh, weird title for such an energetic beat. Mm-hmm. Eh, and weird. the fact that he took the lead in the song is like, why would you call it cold lampin if you're actually the one like leading the track? Stop asking questions that I can't. I can't answer. I will have conversations by myself. It's fine. I'm like I don't. I don't. I don't know. The (laughs) only thing that I had to look up really is uh, the word Medina because I know that song. uh, What funky cold Medina? Still don't know what it is. But apparently, uh, Flavor Flav thought of it first. So wasn't he like kind of briefly in a group called Cold Medina or something like along the lines of that? Did not look that far into it. I don't know. I, I kind of saw that too, and I didn't read too far into it. Yeah, he says cold Medina a lot too, a lot. Yeah. which I, I thought had to do with cold lamp in itself, but I, I still don't even know. I really don't. Yeah. Who knows if half of what he says even like registers as real thought? I watched Flavor of Love, so I'm going to say probably not. Which is like deteriorating in like your brain cells like one minute at a time. This is why I do this. Because I the only reason I, why you agreed to this podcast is that you watched Flavor of Love in 2006. Pre- pretty much. Um, I am the disgusting pop culture knowledge, uh, where you are the analytical patient one, and I sit here going, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. Please put on Bands Reunited. Thank you. It's mean, another VH1 show. I watched two seasons of the Osborne, so I've also watched bullshit. And I watch I wa- Hogan knows best, so my brain is bleeding out through my nose. I well, my I think every orifice has dropped blood at this point for me because I watched half a season of Gene Simmons Family Jewels. I watched so much of that because the thing is, like, so cute. There, there was so, you would say that there was something <laughs> there was something about having a hate boner for Gene Simmons that I was like, I needed more reasons to hate this man. So I watched half the season, and by like episode five or six, I was just like. If I see this man in public, 
Oh, sorry, no. Wait, wait, sorry. If you're going to threaten someone, you have to say in Minecraft at the end of it. So if I see him, I'm going to hurt him in Minecraft. <laughs> ah, yes. There, course. now I resolve myself of all guilt. Of With a joke, YouTube, calm down. <laughs> if I got within, like, even 100 feet of him, like, 20 bodyguards would, like, just destroy me anyways. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and then they would they would swarm your body and then they would leave and you would just be covered in kiss memorabilia and stickers all over your face and oh, I was gonna a say, billboard like, behind you strapped to your back. Gene Simmons would have like his face tattooed on my chest. Like I'd be unconscious and I'd wake up with a huge ah, Gene Simmons right there. I was like, oh yeah. Oh man, does anyone want a skin donation? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't need my left peck anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we we will give you five thousand dollars for every month you have that on you, and you're like, I would rather not. <laughs> I would no thanks. I'd rather suck dick at a truck stop, sir. Thank you very much. Anyways, uh, not speaking of sucking dick at truck stop, song number five, Terminator X to the Edge of Panic. Long yes. ass title there. Okay, so the skipping at the beginning definitely threw me off at first, but the more I listened to it, the more I actually kind of liked it. I thought that was cool. Um, every time I tried to figure out if I knew what song it was, I couldn't figure it out. I liked it, though. Um, <clears throat> so I'm mentioning that squealing again, but I did put, I swear to God, if this is a signature sound, I'm tapping out now. Uh, little did Savannah know. Um, and you didn't tap out. I didn't. What are you, Daniel Bryanson or whatever Brian Danielson, whatever the hell his name is? <laughs> I am more offended by that now. It's been um, a while since I've watched wrestling. I can't remember. I used to like him, but I don't. Brian Danielson, I think his it's name Brian is. Danielson. There yes. you go. Um, the chorus is solid, and I really like the alternating vocals versus the scratch back and forth. Solid. I liked it a lot. The one thing I, I didn't like the most about the song was right in the beginning. Like, I know that the skipping in the samples like intentional, but yeah. like it doesn't play too well, well in the headphones. It's so jarring. Like it doesn't really <laughs> it add, doesn't enhance off. anything. It's just kind of like this sounds broken and not in like a fun way. Like, yeah. Listen, I listen to industrial music. I listen to noisy music, and that threw me off. So that 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 just shows you how well that doesn't sit with me. Kind of weird how I liked it and you didn't. Something like that. Well, overall, like I still I thought this the track was fine. Like, and I could see yeah. why the high pitch horn might be too much for some to deal with. Wink. Three tracks in a row so far. Uh, but like I do I do like that on top of the like the really chunky drum beat though. Like again, like I I think it kind of enhances every once in a while. I think it sounds fine. Like I. Just, mm-hmm don't mind it and uh with that said i mean like i feel like this one lacks a bit though like this whole song in general despite the fact that i do like it a bit like it still kind of lacks because maybe like uh, because like a lot of the uh bass is in the drums and there's no actual like bass going on yeah it just feels like something could have been thrown in so it feels like a little emptier that way but other than that again not not a terrible track I imagine a fly girl from In Living Color dancing to this in the most 80s slash 90s way possible in like fluorescent spandex you uh, behind them on stage. Uh, yeah, but I don't want anybody to picture like uh, my love don't cost a thin thing, J-Lo. <laughs> Just Google episodes of Living Color uh, Fly Girls. You'll see J-Lo before she even started making music. So you'll yeah. know who to picture. She hasn't. Even, she hadn't even been in movies at that point. Making music. She puts in quotes. Uh, what was that first movie she was in? Like Money Train or something? I, I uh, she was in Selena, but I don't know if that was her first one or not. No, I think it was like, I think it was a movie called Money Train, but I could be wrong. I have zero idea. I the I only really liked her in The Cell and that was about it. Yeah, she was in it in 1995. 
There you go. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much more to say about Terminator X. It's just it's weird to have a name a song after your DJ, but hey, whatever. I'm not here to. We already have a song with Flavor's name in it. We have Terminator X, and we spoiler alert: we don't have a name with uh, a song with Chuck D's name in it. He is the most humble. He he could have literally just had a five second track where he just like Chuck D's nuts, scratch scratch, <laughs> wicked wicked, and then it just cuts off like. <laughs> Oh my god, that caught me off guard, and I apologize if I spiked the audio that's, with that. But that's like the easiest oh joke, word. though. That is literally yeah. the easiest joke. Like yeah. whenever I hear Chuck D, I'm like Chuck D's nuts. <laughs> what about that's my hilarious. nuts? It's like that's, never mind. You forgot the joke. <laughs> that's hilarious. I just a side note. Speaking of stupid jokes, um, a couple days ago, I think my cat was just kind of laying there because it was really warm in the house. And uh, one of the kids asked what was wrong with her. I'm like, oh, like, it's really warm. And I, I said, and I, I think she has ligma. And just everyone starts laughing. I'm like, talking to young kids, this is not going to fly. God damn it. Yeah, you're, you're way too far. Did you, then did you ask them if they knew who Joe was? Like, come on now. I don't think I know that one. Joe Mama. Oh my God. <laughs> How the hell did you fall for that? Well, I didn't fall for it. It's just nobody says it to me. I'm the one who says it, and I've never said that one. Fucking like Updog or something. Jesus Christ. I ain't fallen for that one. I've Good. been on Reddit. I've been on Reddit before. I'm just, I'm trying to see how far I can go with you before you're just like, okay, I know that one. Yeah, that that's it. That's it. I'm so fucking, you didn't know Joe Mama, another fucking like classic. Nobody's ever, no one's ever said that to me. Like, yeah, they normally tell like me to like culture. fuck off or something. Yeah. It's in like got, pop culture. Nope, I got nothing. It says it says the person who fucking watched Flavor of Blood in 2006. Anyways, moving on. Uh, song number six. Uh, first of three interludes on this album. Mind Terrorist. Um, I give this song a yeah, boy. And that's all. Out of ten. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to spoil anything, so. F- fair enough. That's literally uh, all that I have written down. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have much either. It's like it's a short interlude, and they're just playing some like basic samples. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird because like this the lead sample in this one is like in this weird like here, here I'm gonna try to get like musical theory on you here. <laughs> it's it sounds like it's in this weird like quintuplet rhythm on like a four four beat. So you hear like five you hear it five times in a four like the four four beat. It's really disorienting, but I I don't necessarily hate it. But like I'm not big on it this time around. I guess. Yeah. Is there such a genre as prog rap? I don't know, but I'm really curious. I, I would be like, I'm. I want to go beyond like slam poetry here. There's got to be like prog rap or something like that. Like, I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Who did we do? Uh, Death Grips. I saw that they were uh, classified as kind of prog rap. Really? I would have just called them industrial rap. Maybe. Very experimental, um, avant garde. Maybe I don't know. But uh, then again, I. I don't think there's enough of a uh, there's enough of a grouping there in prog rap if it doesn't exist to like really classify it properly. Because oh, you know, if you say prog rock, you think like King Crimson, Rush, Yes, Genesis. Like you, th- you, these names come to mind. But if I say prog rap, what the fuck comes to mind? Um, so Wikipedia prog rap gives me examples such as. De, De La Soul, okay. Fuji's Outcast, Kanye West, and Kendrick Lamar. Really? Yes. Some of that um, just threw I, me right the fuck off. I, I can't confirm nor deny either or like any of that. Um, maybe Fuji's, but I've only listened to the album that we reviewed. So. Yeah, and even then Not that sure. didn't really 
poke me as a prog album at all. Like, mm-hmm. or at least the score didn't, or maybe I missed something about it. Um, but yeah, yeah it, the only other thing I have to say about Mind Terrace is like, you, once again, you have all these like flavor flav sample injections and everything like that. And I guess that's just there to keep the track from feeling like too naked or something like that. But I mean, it gets pretty annoying. And there's not even like a Chuck sample in there. It's just all flavor, just random quotes and just, man. Yeah. Yeah, boy. It gets a yeah, boy. That's it. Yeah, I guess so, huh? All right. We'll move on then. Song number seven, Louder Than a Bomb. Oh my God, no squealing. What a literal breath of fresh air. You I like it. Know. Now, this is finally a song that I would listen to outside of the context of the album, because there are a lot of albums that we've listened to that with the idea that I'm going to listen to the whole thing. Sure, I can listen to all of it. But if you're listening to a specific single mixed in with other artists or other genres, this is definitely one of them that I could see listening to on its own. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I feel that way about most tracks on this album, though. So I guess that's where we differentiate on this. And yeah. also, by the way, I'll, I'll go back from it because like when I originally said that I think you would like Public Enemy, mm-hmm. it's because like you said you like old school rap and hip hop. Yeah. And like things that you can like properly understand and not everything's just done in that like triplet form that like trap and everything does. Yeah. Uh, and there's no mumbling here. It's like you can articulate everything chuck d is saying yeah uh, so that that's why i said you would like it like whether or not you actually like public enemy i i fucking don't know but i'm just like it's they're one of the most influential rap acts so why not try them right that that is true i'm i'm sure saying that is like oh i have a couple tracks or you know pieces in mind saying that but maybe not a lot of them were on this album who knows I mean, one of my favorite Public Enemy songs comes off like a 2005 album, and the song's called uh, Check What You're Listening To. Like, that song is badass. I love that one. Interesting. Uh, but that's not on this album. we got to keep going with this one. Um, I, I do love the – yeah, you mentioned, like, no, none of the squealing. I do like the comeback of, like, that fun, energetic, funk beat and sample yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, really yeah. cool. Um, and I, I really like um, – one of my favorite things about this track is the juxtaposition – of the name of the song louder than a bomb and how the refrain is presented because every time they say louder than a bomb except for the very last time you hear it in the song they whisper it each time so mm-hmm. i love that juxtaposition saying louder than a bomb but then they're very quiet about it so i yeah. and like the verses are kind of loud to just chuck doing his basic thing but then you say louder than a bomb there's something about that i really like i just like i think that's good clever composition that's that's smart writing it's like having someone at like six foot seven with the last name short I, I, I guess. What a comparison. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of. Um, I I like the use of guitar, even though it is, I assume they're all samples. Um, I like it. I think it sounds great. Um, some of the triggers for the vocals uh, seem like off time. And I don't know if it's done purposely. It just feels like off a little. Um, now, at the current moment while I'm speaking, I can't remember exactly what i meant um but i'm sure if you listen to the song you'll hear it um and i like how it ended so i like it good we we have something positive out of you but i oh, God, i smell beats. i got a b-tier album in my head right now thinking that this is exactly what's going to happen with this now i don't know it's solely dependent on your score and how much you're going to bring my score down well i doubt i scored the album 95 so i I think we're screwed maybe i did and if you scored it like a 70 
We could meet in the middle at like an 83. See, I mean, this is where I got to wear like my, my, that B tier hat. I need to buy that thing so bad <laughs> and just use it for bits specifically when we get uh B tier album. And I wish everyone else would do that too, by going to rate the record.ca and going to <laughs> our store. Uh, the audio listeners don't know that you're just drinking out of your rate the record mug that you can get at rate the record.ca. Yeah, I've been drinking out of it the the entire time. Uh, sorry, left-handers, uh, we are working on getting an image on both sides. Literally my fucking fault, I will fix that. Because also it's super easy to do. All I have to do is like re-upload it and just say to have it on both sides. Excellent. It takes, takes like two fucking seconds, so I'll, I'll do that. Good, good thing that I'm testing it before our beautiful listeners uh, buy anything. Exactly. Yeah, lefties, you're freaks, but I'll, 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 I'll cater to you. <laughs> I'm ambidextrous. I'll figure it out. Savannah kind of likes you. Uh, I will say, though, the three and a half minute run track suits the song really well. Uh, everything sounds great. Didn't overstay its welcome. I do like this song because a lot of songs in this album are like five plus minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, not a lot, but I mean, there's a decent tr- amount of them and there's 16 songs all together. So, I mean, like, shit, some of them just keep going. And I think there's only one of them that didn't feel that long. Thank goodness. I, I made a note. I wonder if it's going to be the same one then, because uh, I also made a note about a long song that's like, hey, this didn't feel so bad. Interesting. I wonder. Well, we'll see when we get there. Uh, it won't be this one, though, because this is pretty typical, especially for what kind of stuff we do. Song number eight, Cut. Can I get a witness? Okay. So it's got this siren squeal, but it's like demure this time. And fuck that's like how it should have been the whole time so i can deal with it here no problems at all uh i like the beat and it actually like made me move while listening to it and i really like the waka waka guitar in behind (laughs) i like that that was a good touch well i'll i'll kind of touch on two of the things you just said there because i did say i love how quick and lively this is it's a really cool pickup in the pacing and everything like that so yeah it does it catches your attention very lively very fun and yeah that funk guitar that kind of pops occasionally between verses i thought was a super cool addition everything like that it's it's like that missing piece that really completes the sound because especially in a hip-hop song and a rap song everything like that it's so easy for a whole song to just blend and feel like one very long song because of it. And that's why like, that's why like you and I probably enjoy rock music more because like there's feels like there's a little more variety to go through like your verse, chorus, your bridge and everything sounds like totally different. Yeah. Uh, Whereas like rapping that can get lost sometimes. So that like these little interjections of like the, the the funky guitar kind of gives you that feeling back. So it's like, it's, it's nice to have, and it just kind of like lets you know where you are in the track. Yes, I agree. So one thing I'll mention too, and also uh, should have mentioned in the beginning, especially for new viewers, uh, we obviously don't do lyrical content breakdowns or anything like that. Uh, uh, this is a part-time job for us technically, so we don't have the full-time uh, capabilities of breaking down every song on every album that we review. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe one day you can help. Right? Uh, Kofi.com. It's all sure the record. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I do will say though, I looked at the lyrics on this one because as I was listening, I was starting to pick up on things. It's like, wait a minute, this sounds kind of relevant to something I'm interested in. And so I was listening. And I will say the lyrical content has me conflicted about how I feel about it. Okay. So this whole song is about being able to like freely sample music and like not essentially pay for it. Just like, I didn't steal this beat. I made it my own. 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm very back and forth on the message because on the one hand, like I I do like sampling. Obviously, I like rap and hip hop. Like I'm not I wouldn't consider myself like a rap head or anything like that. But I do like it, and like it's the basis of hip hop, and some truly great tracks have come out of this idea. But like on the other hand, you know, not paying the band or artists that you got that sample from seems yeah. kind of shitty because chances are this song wouldn't exist in the capacity it does if it wasn't for that sample of people who worked hard to make that music. And like thought of it and created it. Yeah, exactly. Like who's to say that you can't make it on your own, but at the same time, just like you're hearing these records, people may went forth and now you're profiting off of something that they did and you're not giving them like, obviously like they get recognition, but I mean like what artist in the fucking world wants to be paid an exposure but then again, we're yeah. also talking about samples like Jay, uh, James Brown and like Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, they're not exactly new to the fucking block, but it's still like, again, they make it the basis of your record. So maybe like, you know, throw some money their way. I don't know if they've done that since, but just a song like this saying like, I, I didn't pay for shit and I shouldn't have to. Like, I'm making this my own. Now it's a public enemy song. It's like, yes and no. Let's say that much. I get it. Fair yeah. use. Fair use. I get it. But at the same time. This goes beyond that. It's profitable at this point. I I can imagine it, whoever they're sampling, like being aware of it happening and being like, no, you know what? It's whatever. It is what it is. Let it go. But then as soon as they're like, we have your music, then they're like, okay, file the lawsuit. That's it. They couldn't shut their mouth. Let's let's get our money. But but also too, it, it, it's realizing how like the previous album really like. Uh, Public Enemy has a huge discography and sold a lot of albums, but like Bum Rush the Show and then this one, It Takes a Nation, like sold so fucking well and like mm-hmm. it did really well. So, I mean, like the money they made off of other people's samples without paying them royalties, that would just be like if I straight up like instrumentalized like a Nine Inch Nails song, sang over it with my own lyrics and been like, I didn't steal it. I made it my own. It's like, no, Trent's going to come after me. He's going to fucking kill me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm that, I just wanted to bring that up because it was like a conflict while I was listening to the song. I, I do like the song. I really do actually, but I don't know. It's one of those things where, sorry, Chuck, I don't entirely agree with what you're saying this time around. This, this is a, yeah. a very sketchy topic to me. Yeah. Stand by your laurels i believe in paying artists what they deserve and like if you're using something from that's like if you and i got someone to make it the rate of record logo forth i made this by the way so like that's why we didn't have to pay anyone but if we got someone to design the logo that's like we just take it's like oh thanks bye we'll we'll tell people who you are it's like no you should probably pay them for their effort you know yeah yeah eh, that's my uh rant for the day good song though that's what that's what i'll say okay I think that's like the, the biggest thing of substance I've ever said on the show. You know what? I agree. Everything you've said has been terrible up until now. So good well, job. But at least my musical tastes are better than yours. So I can hold that above my head like a big golden crown. <laughs> you know what? I hope it falls and knocks you unconscious. Well, that's fine because people will see the crown. And I got to show them what you got, right? So whatever. That's the best pun I got. Song number nine. Show them what you got. It's another uh, interlude, by the way. Okay, so you want to know what I got? Flav got his yeah boy song, and now Chuck D gets his public enemy number one song. So I give it one additional yeah boy, and that is all. I wonder if he lacked in confidence because the fact that you have to keep popping up and saying public enemy number one is just like all 
<laughs> no, I, I get that he's not saying public enemy is number one. I yeah. guess he's, he's like, I am public enemy number one. I understand, but I just like the idea of thinking that he's like not confident at all. He's just like, no, we're number one. Come, public <laughs> enemy number one. No, no, screw NWA, which, by the way, released straight out of Compton two months after this album. Oh, wow. So, I mean, talk about a hip hop battle in the 80s. Holy fuck. Like two months apart. And that I think that one was highly more successful than this album. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting enough. But yeah, uh, as I said, though, with Show What You Got, um, it's another interlude. This one starts the B-side of the record, actually. I think, actually, the side A was called Silver, and this one's called Black, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, the interlude in the first part, it's like, I thought that was going to be, like, an album flip, but, like, nope, wasn't that one. This is it. Uh, so, its placement makes sense here, at the very least, kind of, like, you know, being the new side. Um, I didn't like the overlapping sax layers in this one, though, how they just kind of, like, drift over top of each other and just, like, mm-hmm. feel like they're trying to create this, like, never-ending cycle of it that's... I don't know. It just was never all, ending. It just the never ending cycle, the never ending story. Uh, it's a bit of a cheap track, and thankfully it's only an interlude, so you didn't have to deal with it for too long. Yeah. Yup. As soon as I heard it, I was like, please, please, please. And then when it ended, I was like, oh, thank God. So obviously, like, I know that you like like to uh, listen to things and like move around, do other things and everything yep. like that while you're listening to the albums. Like I do that too. But like when I'm reviewing it, I, I have like, I'm here at my computer. I got Spotify in front of me and I'm like typing my notes out. So I can see the length of the songs. And I also type up the length of the songs as I'm like typing out my notes. Yeah. So I knew this one was going to be shorter. So I was like, okay, okay. I was like, okay, we have an interlude on our hands. So hopefully it's not so bad. And uh so far it was my least favorite interlude i the way that i do it now is um because i'm able to wear one earbud while i'm at work um i will listen to the album maybe once or twice a night for like two days and then when i actually sit down to review it that's when i sit here i do nothing else except for just sort of put myself in the music but the first couple times where I'm actually at work and it's just playing in the background there'll be times that something will pique my interest and I'm like oh, okay that's noteworthy so when I actually sit down to write it and it comes up again I'm like oh this is what I thought of it and it kind of makes the review a little easier um, except sometimes when I'm writing it I'm like yeah I know exactly what I mean and then when I'm reading it now I'm like I have no idea what part that was <laughs> God damn it. Kind of on that subject, uh, because of how often, like, you, you probably listen to these albums more than I do then, because I listen, like, maybe two, maybe three times in a week. Yeah. And, like, the third time, by the third time, like, I'm writing the review at that point. Hmm. Um, with how often you listen to these albums, because sometimes you say, like, four or five times, has it affected your uh, your your Spotify rap at the end of the year, where it's, like, it's like these bands that you don't oh, usually yeah. listen to, it's like, wow, this is like my top five. Um, not really the end of the year. I know you had um, Faith No More last time and we did yes. Faith No More. So okay. that was, that's different. That's different. That was me uh, because, and I still don't remember what the album's called. Uh, well, we did Angel Dust. That Angel Dust. I keep wanting to call it Midlife Crisis. I'm like, that is not Midlife Crisis was on Angel yeah. Dust. Correct. Um, I, I, to this day, I really like that album. Um, so I just listen to it all the time. But um, the... Uh, the Spotify AI DJ. Oh yeah. Listening to this stuff skews that so badly. It's like, Oh, you've listened to pitch shifter. So let's let, let's play stuff. That's like that. And I'm going through it going, I don't want this right now. I don't want this right now. And then I end up just listening to stuff. I normally would listen to anyways. So I'm like, Ugh. 
and I, I just need to broaden my horizons. And even doing the show, I am just so, so stubborn. Yeah, it's just it's like you're listening to like a quiet track, like Cat Stevens comes on because we've done that before. <laughs> and then she's like, all right, now we're going to switch it up a little bit. Why don't you try Rubber Johnny by FX Twin? Yeah, it, it keeps playing Mars Volta. And I'm like, it's too much for me right the now. The curse lives. Right? You're staring into my soul. I, I just love how in that small segment, I think we list like three or four bands I could put cards for on YouTube. There we go. That's how we whore out the content. We got to like mix it in somehow. Perfect. All right, let's move along. Uh, we're kind of almost close to the end of the we're at double digits now at the very least. So song number 10, she watched Channel Zero. And I think you want to talk about the sample of this one, don't you? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't have many notes for it. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm going to take the floor. Uh, it might come as a surprise. <laughs> it's not. But the music for this one is what I desire. And I think this rapping on a metal riff is awesome. And I like it. Mucho macho. Um, that's mucho is a lot. Mucho man, man, Randy Savage. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagined it with a sombrero instead of a cowboy hat. Oh, and just see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see. <laughs> okay, insensitive Halloween costume ideas. Um, apparently, and we had spoken about this uh, earlier, this is a sampled Slayer song. No wonder. Angel so, mu mm -hmm. so much metal, so much rap metal sucks, and it's not the type that pleases my ears. I like this. It was worth getting through stuff I didn't like as much. And my last note just says, nice. Why did like I know it. that you were going to like this one the most? Because I am predictable as fuck. And this one predates the Anthrax crossover, obviously. So, yes. I mean, like, yeah, by a couple maybe years. they're just like, hey, you sampled Slayer. That's pretty badass. Anyways, want to do a song? And they're like, yes. And then the world opened up. It's great. Yeah, this this was an exciting twist on, like, that rap and metal combo and, like, Considering this was like a time when that was still kind of a foreign concept. I mean, like, yeah, what did right. you have before this? You had like Run DMC Aerosmith. Uh, yeah. You had Beastie Boys kind of doing their thing with that. Like they had like the weird punk rap crossover once in a while. Yeah. And playing their own instruments helped. Oh, and they also had too. Carrie King. Beastie Boys had Carrie King on a track too. Um, but yeah, like it was still a fairly foreign concept. So to have like another thrash metal act in this rap band it's just like what the fuck is this so mm -hmm. i think that's neat especially being able to look on it in retrospect i think it still kind of sits well uh the hell is that? oh oh yeah yeah the course with the uh she watch repetition got very annoying as well there's more repetition <laughs> for you just like she watched she watched she watched she watched she watched she watched watch, watch, watch. um yeah it, it, yeah. it should have been quieter in the mix i think i would have been fine with it quieter in the mix because like mm -hmm. it, when i was wearing my headphones maybe this is a remaster i don't know but like it was just there like it's like tone it down a bit let everything else kind of like you know mix in a little well yeah i think the track loses like a bit of its luster though before it ends uh i wish they could have blended a little more into it because it was just like the same riff and then the occasional fill and again, that's kind of what I was hinting at earlier when I said like sometimes rap music just blends too much and like doesn't really give you a good idea of where you are in the song because it's just like the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of wish they kind of like incorporated a little more. Even a Tom Araya scream would have been fine. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Ah! I'd be all right. That, 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 that divides the verses. I could actually get down with that. Um, but, but before we move on though, could, first off, do you have any other notes? No, that is all for that one. 
Cool, because I have a story. I have a, okay. I have a story, and it involves Channel Zero. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't even... How long have you been in Hamilton for? Um, since the end of 2016. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, oh, seven years. If there's anyone from Hamilton, Ontario listening to this right now, maybe you'll, maybe you'll remember this if you're old enough. This, this is an interesting story. Uh, unfortunately, some of it's foggy, but the details are all here regardless. So when I was in high school, uh, we have CH here in Hamilton. That's like our channel 12. Uh, and that's like where we get all our local news and everything like that. It, it was, it, went, it was like on TV, CH, CH, CH. I don't even know what it is now, but it's like CH, I think still regardless. Um, so there was a different broadcaster that owned them and they were switching over with channel zero. So channel zero actually bought CH television. Uh, and they made this big thing about like the switch over and everything like that and how like, oh, our signal's going to go dark for a bit. It's going to come back. Boom. Uh, that happens and it's fine. Everything is fine. So now channel zero on CHCH or CH, I guess it's called. I don't even remember. Fuck. I don't know my own city's television thing. Anyways, the better part's coming now of this story. Um, not too long into the run of channel zero. I think they still own CH anyways. Not too long into the run of them owning it. One particular morning during CH Morning Live, uh, regular broadcast, everything is fine, everything is good. Uh, I was in high school at the time, so this was I was, must have been like 2006, 7, or 8. One of the three, I don't remember exactly when. Um, there was a signal cross uh, because Channel Zero owns many different channels nationally, like oh, Canada. Like Max Headroom thing, isn't it? Canada and the United States. No, it gets better than Max Headroom. I can tell you oh. that much right now. This, I don't think this is a hack signal. I think this was a gigantic oopsie, and you're going to find out why in a minute. So basically what happened, signal cross, news disappears, hardcore gay porn pops up on Channel 12 like 8.30 in the fucking morning for like a solid three to five minutes. <laughs> Two dudes just bumming each other raw when people just wanted to watch the news. <laughs> really? This is a true story. You can look it up too. Yeah. It's 100% true. And uh, like the people behind the scenes were like, it felt like a fucking eternity. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I wasn't watching directly at the time, but I heard like an hour after it happened. So like, they were releasing a press statement saying, like, we are so sorry this happened. Big mix up, blah, blah, blah. So obviously Channel Zero owns like a porn station or something like that because two dudes bumming each other real good at 830 in the morning was on your TV screens while you're having your coffee, having your breakfast, getting ready to head to work. Oh, my God. I uh, I want to say I wish I saw it, not for the sake of watching it, but just because that seems like so fucking historic. It's like you were there. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I, I just looked this up briefly. Thank God I got the proper thing. Um, so that it is an article from 2012. Oh, is it? Wasn't that long ago, but there is also another one from 2015 that says gaff marks second time in three years. Pornography was aired instead of news. So it had to have happened a second time. Okay. So maybe it was 22. So I wasn't in high school at that point. Maybe I'm mixing up with something else, but it, maybe I think I was like getting up and getting ready for work or something like yeah. that. And then I, yeah, I heard about that regard. That's I said, some of the details were going to be a little fuzzy, but uh, it, it definitely happened. It was real. People watched butt stuff happen for like a oh. solid three minutes. No pun intended. Dang, dang, dang. 
So that's my. So you wonder why she watched Channel Zero? Maybe she was like curious. I don't know. And fucking Flav's in this like you're watching that garbage, that trash. Don't be homophobic, Flav. Come on now, it's Pride Month. Yeah. <laughs> Wait until yeah, July. July. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Fuck. <laughs> All right, well, on. yeah, that I, I, I was Dang, so excited to tell that's... this story. When I found out that the song she watched, Channel Zero, was on this album, it's like, I have to tell this story. I have to oh tell my this God. story. I'm going to do a little bit of research and see if anybody I know. I have to find out what video was playing. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to have to, like, check it out, maybe. Just a, not whatever, anyways. It's for <laughs> validation. I just want to make sure you're telling the story correctly, okay? Just imagine uh, you're your partner walks in the room while you're in the middle of a particularly graphic scene. Yeah. And then all I get is, yo, yo, turn that up. And I'm like, no, no, what is happening? Like you're kind of like staring at the TV and research. You're like staring at the TV in disbelief. And then just like, he kind of plops down next to you quietly and just, does one of these leans in and looks <laughs> leans in. even even closer. And that's the only reason why you know because all of a sudden you see this face kind of slightly <laughs> past your <like>, oh. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that's that's sitcom material. Right I, there. I, I haven't even met this guy, and I'm already like apparently equating him to watching gay movies. So I mean you, I mean you're the one who guy. brought him into it. Yep, he's a funny guy. Alrighty then. So we'll move on now from my funny channel zero story to song number eleven, Night of the Living Baseheads. Um, so the squealing has now evolved to honks. Um, it's a decent song, but the fucking honks take me right out of it. Um, and this production choice is an irritating one. Now you had mentioned that maybe if something was like turned down in the mix a little bit, like it would have been okay. would have been sort of a little better. I'm starting to think that the squealing, it isn't about the squealing itself. That, that is just a cover about my irritation that it is so loud if it was just turned down a little now on spotify i listened to what i assume is the original one because it has all 16 tracks no extra no nothing doesn't say remastered um so i can only assume that that was how it was presented at the time um i still think it's too loud but that's just my preference and it is one that was getting on my nerves. No, I, I agree because it happens several times. The volume can be bothersome, but like overall, the squealing doesn't bother me. So yeah, maybe you're onto something about just the volume of it. Yeah, because like I can listen to it in the background. There, there is one or two songs that I pointed out that it's there, but it's fine. It like it didn't bother me, but then some of these louder ones feels like they're competing with the vocals and the vocals really should be what I hear first, because if the vocals are being drowned out, then it's kind of, I don't know. It's like trying to have a conversation with someone while listening to mom, 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 behind you. It's like, oh my God, just shut the fuck up, please. At that point, I just try to add it to the polyrhythm of the music. I'm just like, mom, mom, mom. And then meanwhile, the drum beats like this, mom, 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 mom. It's like, wow, man, it's like fucking Meshuga in here. This Jesus. is great. This is great. Meanwhile, like DJ choking or something. Really. Yeah, Bob's dying. Bob's dying. He's dying. Bob's Mom. dying. Mom. Bob's dying. Bob's dying. Bob's dying. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we talk about gay porn and children dying on this podcast. Welcome if you're new, by the way. Yeah. Welcome to season five. You have four seasons of bullshit to catch up on. I don't think we've ever discussed kids dying in gay sex on the uh, podcast before. There's a first time for everything. Yeah. Next time we're going to talk about necrophilia. Yeah. 
I said this is the first time for everything. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but uh, as a teenager, I came across a website for a magazine that was Girls and Corpses. Like and real corpses? I don't know, but I, I refuse to go into it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's pretty much just like hot girls posing with, uh, what I assume to be fake dead bodies. Um, but yeah, it's like, a. if it's a black metal magazine, then it's real. If it's not a black metal magazine, chances are it's fake. Uh, I'm not sure, but, uh, talk about the song and I'll look it up. Uh, okay. Uh, night of the living base. I'm just, I'm just kind of still stuck on like talking about all these weird things next week. We're doing cannibal corpse, by the way. So that's why necrophilia is all uh, in the cards. <laughs> um, night of the living base heads. Uh, this is one of the weirder s- sounding sample combinations on this album. It feels kind of like an avant-garde minor progression. I like it though. Like it's, it's, it's something different again, without being like super overwhelming or anything. So I kind of like what this has going on for it. Do you have an update? Um, I'm going to take that as a no. The beats are still good. Yeah, I'm not sure if this is real, but I'm scared to look into it. Although someone did a Reddit post, uh, TIL, that there is a real magazine called Girls and Corpses uh, that describes itself as sort of, quote, sort of like Maxim Magazine meets Dawn of the Dead. So we're just going to scrub the uh, history on that one and uh, move on. I mean, when I was a teenager, I was on like Rotten.com and Ogrish and stuff like that. Uh, I was on all the the weird gross shock sites. I I try, but I have uh, I have a weak stomach for certain things. I I, I wouldn't go on there anymore. I don't think either of those sites even exist anymore. Uh, but yeah. like, obviously, being an edgy teenager, oh cool, what's this? Oh, dead body. Oh, it's gross. someone's hand in a blender. Ugh. Oh, I saw a lot worse than a fucking okay. hand in a blender. Holy shit! Oh God. Oh, no, I'm God, not going to describe it. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm like I, I can start to feel that. it. Oh, starting to feel lightheaded a little bit. Yeah, it's gross. Although the song Night of the Living Bass Heads, we can talk about dead bodies like Night of the Living Dead. You know, it's play on words. So. Well, because Bass Heads is a re- reference to a druggie, is it not? I, didn't I that don't part. know. Because I've heard like like some bass or bass headers I've heard before. Because by the way, to people who aren't looking at the actual song titles, it's B-A-S-E and then heads all is yeah. one word. So I believe like free basing, for example, is like that's a drug slang and... I don't really know what it means though, because I've never free based anything, so I don't know. I remember I, that. From, I remember that from the uh, the, uh, uh, the the Bloodhound Gang. That song, Mope. Wanna free base? No, Pac Man. Drugs are bad. That fucking cringy ass sketch. Uh, Urban Dictionary. Everything that's coming up is you're accurate. Yeah. Cool. It makes sense then. Yeah. So that's why you see dead bodies then, because people are just ODing on the streets. It, this show gets better. I promise. Dead bodies, gay sex, kids dying. Ooh, are you sure it gets better? Are you sure? Oh yeah, we B tier albums too. The best part. These answer best. Anyways, uh, so I did say earlier the beats are still really good on this track. I do like it, um, but this is where I really noted that some of these tracks are starting to blend a little. And again, it's from that idea like just start to finish they sound the same mm-hmm. but this one kind of reminds me of other tracks on the album just kind of like slightly tuned differently so i don't know it, it was starting to feel a little weird uh in that and i was just like i'm running out of things to say at this point uh but the change up in the middle bridge was a nice touch and it added more interest to the track so it's, again it's nice to have those points in tracks like this so that way it just adds a little more no pun intended flavor that pun was intended you were supposed to say yeah boy Damn it. No. <laughs> Failed. Um, so, You're on a three-strike system for this fucking season. I, I will take all three of them. Thank you. 
Um, so again, I had mentioned uh, the meta sampling of Bring the Noise sort of scattered throughout the entire album. Uh, this one has it by sampling Hello, Can You Go over and over. Um, like I said, because I've heard that song so many goddamn times, every time I hear just like one phrase from it, I'm like, I'm in that song again. So I, I noticed those. I'm sure that there's samples from other songs. I just don't recognize them nearly as easily. But there are some things that I do like about this song, but I find hip hop songs very hard to explain. Like, how do I say I like that part where they had that sample, then the verse broke and then the music and vocals came back together while dropping? Like, no one knows what that means. Give timestamps then. But, but that's what I liked about it. That, that's what I tend to do, especially if we listen to something like a little more unorthodox. Yeah. I will usually t point out like a timestamp. So that way it's like, if anyone wants to know what the fuck I'm talking about, they just go back to like, oh, okay, I, I hear what he was saying. But you're just like, I like that drop in that switch up. Cool. This is like, this is what a three minute, 14 second song that could be at any point in the track. Yeah, exactly. So listen to the whole thing. I am in cahoots with the record labels and I'm trying to push people to listen. If you to had, were in album. cahoots with Def Jam Records, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing on this podcast? I'm best friends with Beyonce. Queen B, huh? What the fuck are you doing on this podcast? I don't know. I don't like Beyonce at all. At me. I don't care. Um, but uh, no, I used to do timestamps and then I found that it was just getting very tedious explaining um, <clears throat> at uh, three minutes and 14 seconds when he did the thing. And then at 317, I was like, OK, just shut up. I would not want to listen to somebody do that constantly. So now if you're referencing it, one particular part, though, it's not so bad. I, I leave it as ambiguous as possible. So someone has to find out. And if you don't care, don't care. If you care, figure it out. I it's know. like you said, it's a three minute song. It's in there somewhere. But that's the part that I liked. So it's good. there you go then. Yeah. And it was a short enough song. So, I mean, not too much more to say about it. Mm -hmm. So we'll move on to song number 12, Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. Again, I hate writing these titles down by hand because they're so fucking long. All right. So this is definitely uh, you saying that, you know, it's starting to kind of blend together. Okay. That was this for me. Um, it kind of touched a little bit earlier in the album, but this is where I felt the need to write it down. Um, there's just so much of this that feels and sounds like the rest. Uh, and I feel so fatigued listening to six minutes of the same beat. Uh, I'm sure at the, at the time, this was amazing because there wasn't too much that sounded like this, but I just can't do the same beat for six minutes. See, this one, I thought they changed up a little bit because you had this like really cool piano sample on like the mixing of like the bass and drums and everything. So I thought it was like kind of a darker atmosphere to the track, like soulful, but dark. So, I mean, like. I don't know. I felt this one was different. I was like, okay, this is a little more exciting. So strange how we had like opposite views of that. Yeah. As per usual. And this was the song you mentioned it to. I mentioned in the last one that you mentioned in like this one. Yeah. Jeez, of course you did. Yay for flipped reviews. Well, and also this is also where we don't agree on the time because I said like at nearly six and a half minutes, like I think the time just flies by in this one. Yeah. I honestly didn't mind it. Like uh, it flies by really cleanly. Like, the melody and like Chuck's flow are all just both really smooth. It's really easy to get into. So like, I didn't even notice it had been like five minutes until I looked up and saw it's just like, oh man, I thought it only been like two and a half minutes. Like, geez, this is crazy. Like I was just enjoying myself. So obviously we have very different views of this track. Um, seeing how there's only a couple songs left, uh, clearly <laughs> the song that I didn't feel like it took forever. Um, 
I didn't bother writing it down, but I think it might have been caught. Can we get a witness? It might have been that one because it's almost five minutes, but didn't write it down for any others. So, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think you mentioned that when we got there, did you? No. Well, that was only four minutes and 53 seconds. That's not even that long. Yeah. Oh, my attention span is shit. I guess so, huh? It's shit. I like Prolog, says Savannah. That's why. Yeah, but it's like an amalgamation of like small songs. So it's easy to keep my attention because it switches up so much. And that's why I went from listening to like my my musical evolution is kind of interesting where I got into like pop punk and then I was like, okay, I want something faster. Then I started listening to like moderate punk music, I guess, because I wanted something faster and like two minutes long. And then I was listening to like thrash metal. I'm like, oh, I want just, just want to listen to like two minute songs and that's it. My like, this is awesome. So don't worry, like we'll that. do the just, we'll do the dead Kennedys. How about that? Yeah, just in and out and that's it. Done. With like 24 songs on the record. But then I'm just like, oh, she's gonna like this, and then you like hate it. And I'm just like, well, fucking you can't keep changing your mind this quickly. Okay. I don't know if I should boost that up in editing or just cut it out, make sure you said nothing, and just have a like a long awkward pause. I make long awkward pauses by myself anyway, so it's fine with us. Um, the only other thing I'll say about uh, Black Steel is, um, again, with flavor with his interjections, but the difference is like he's kind of like doing this like walkie-talkie style like speaker, and it feels a little more tolerable than just him yelling loudly and sporadically. So I actually I, I kind of dug it though. So it was like a little quieter. I do like the distorted effect on the voice because I mean I like that kind of stuff. So. It's that well with me. Uh, it's funny that you bring that up because my last uh, note is I hate I do, it. <laughs> I do like the vocals and I like Chuck D's voice. It seems to match the music a lot more. And I'm glad when I get to songs where he's featured solely or at least primarily. Well, he's usually primarily though. Yeah. But like there was very little of the, you know, high pitched uh, Flav of Flav. So I noticed that here because it just, I don't know. I just want to hear him and that's it. I don't think he needs a, a hype man at the time, maybe, but listening to it now, they I'm were like, friends eh. when they started the group. So it's just like, okay, I'll bring you along with me. So are they not now? Uh, I know they went through a period of not talking to each other. And I mean, like that's when Flav like had his reality show. And yeah. I think Chuck wasn't a huge fan of that concept considering what the band's about. So I mean, like, yeah. Cause you know, like he was convinced to do that by MC hammer. I don't know if what that says. He, he seemed pretty coaxed into doing it, though, because, I mean, it did, but it didn't have, like, two seasons. Uh, Flavor, uh, wait, Flavor of Love did, yes, but he was on The Surreal Life for one season. And I that's thought Flavor where of Love was... had two seasons. Yeah, 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 that one did, but he was also on The Surreal Life oh. before that, too. So he did so. three reality shows. Yeah, co yeah. God, it must have been so hard to convince him with that paycheck. <laughs> Jeez. All right, well, we'll move on anyways. Uh, song number 13, Security of the First World. Uh, this is another interlude on the album, too, the final interlude of the album. And there's uh, no vocals. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, this one was, like, pretty minimal for that altogether. Not much happening at all in this one. Far more minimal than the other interludes at the very least. Definitely. It's, it's not as oddly jarring, too, especially with, like, that, I said, like, that quintuplet-type beat going on in the first one the uh overuse of vocal samples in the second one 
So this one's good to have on when you're just like, you know, chilling out, not focusing too much on anything. Mm-hmm. You're cold lamping. Let's say that much. Um, unrelated to anything that you just said, but speaking of flavor flavors of reality shows, uh, he was actually in a reality show with Bridget Nielsen called Strange Love. God, so, so, so he was in that as well. Was that yeah. what four reality shows he was in then? Or three? Uh three, yes, but so four, four seasons whole altogether. Seasons. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it must have been impossible to talk him into it. Absolutely impossible. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. And no wonder Chuck stopped clocks. No wonder Chuck stopped talking to me. He's like, you fucking sell out. Yeah. Oh, I, I can definitely see that. Sell out. Yeah, boy. Money bags. Flavors. I don't even fucking know anymore. Why do you, why do you sound like Jerry Lewis? <laughs> because I don't sound like Flavor Flavor. That's why. Okay. Boy, so Glavin. The- yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like this one. Decent beat, short. Sounds like a song you'd put in a YouTube premiere countdown screen. Um, I wish we could have it in ours. That'd be cool. Right? We can't do that, Um, unfortunately. I think this one is better than the last two short songs. Uh, I like that there's no vocals in it. It's I like that a lot. And I bet the beeping is a Timex watch. I don't know why I wouldn't put it past them. I just imagine Terminator X wearing a watch on the turntables and they like have a microphone over the, the turntables and you can just hear it going off. But he's just like, I'm, I'm busy. I can't fucking turn it off. <laughs> and then they listen to it going, oh, that's money, man. That's it's actually money. going on the beat. He's like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I don't I didn't forget to take my medication. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's move on. Song 14. Uh, we're getting closer to the end now. Song 14, Rebel Without a Pause. Uh, you first, please. Supposing so. Uh, the bass in this track is still really reliant on the bass drum. Like I mentioned a few tracks ago, how it's just like, I can't remember which one it was, but like it was like lacking. But there's enough sustain on the bass that actually really helps enhance the sound. So I do like that. I didn't realize how like little bass there was in this album altogether mm-hmm. until I got to this point realizing like, Wow, like a lot of it kind of is like you have your bass samples in the background, but they're kind of quiet, especially like maybe because I'm comparing it to modern hip hop, which is like rattles the bolts off fucking cars going down the street so loud. Whereas like this one, like you you get it in the kicks and that's about it, And which I kind of like that, but this one did it well. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the first line of Bring the Noise, the first song on the album, where it's bass. bass. How low can you go? Uh, off. <laughs> That's how low you can go is off. What's below zero? <laughs> right. Does my volume knob do integers? <laughs> We're going to find out real quick. <laughs> yep. <sighs> okay. Uh, mine is just yelling. Um, I won't yell, uh, but it's yelling. Uh, why more squealing? And this one sounds lagging behind the beat. Oh, my God. So the squealing just it wasn't on time. It was just a little after. Hated that. Uh, Why was the only part without the squealing the part Flav has? Oh, my God. No, please don't bring that beat back. And too bad we aren't doing lyrical analyses because I bet this is much more about the words and less about the music. I mean, I feel like that. I feel like that's every public enemy song. Everything well, Chuck yes. writes is pretty important. <laughs> yeah. But like some of it, it just feels like, okay, find a beat and I got to say what I got to say. And you really could put it on any beat and it would have been fine. But some of these choices um, I don't like, but it's all subjective. Yeah. Better fucking be because I like this more than you did. Apparently you, you did. I mean, 
this is the one thing that I do like though. This happened in previous tracks too, but it happened in this one. Uh, There's like that instrumental difference between Chuck and Flav when they're talking. You kind of hinted at that with the the squealing thing. Yeah. Uh, I thought it made the song more interesting by doing that. I do like that like little switch up because again, it keeps it from blending too much. So it kind of like puts you in one place or another. Really cool. The track does drag a little. It's like five minutes long. It's not too bad though. Uh, It could have been shorter without that live interjection at the end, as you again kind of alluded to. But like, I don't know. Again, I, I, I get where the um, like the, the hate on the squealing comes from. I've, I've always kind of appreciated it, though, like for as long as I've known of Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. Actually, my first exposure to it was in 10th uh, grade because actually this record, um, my history teacher, I won't, I won't say his name, I'm not going to say names, but my history teacher in grade 10, for some reason decided to bring a record player in and he put on this album and he had always, he always like, Oh, here comes that tea kettle sound. Like he would always refer to it as the tea kettle sound. There it is. Yep. <laughs> but like in, uh, even back then, like there were like kids in my class, like kind of snickering and laughing at it. Cause like, you know, back then it was like, what uh, Ja Rule was big and Nelly was big and 50 cent was big. This might be a hot take, but every feature Ja Rule had between like 2001 and 2004 was motherfucking banger. I loved them. That is I a hot take because Ja Rule was ass. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But anytime he sang with like Ashanti or uh, J-Lo, mm, down for it. I don't know about that. Man. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I love it. Every time I'm alone with you, I remember that one he did with someone. I can't remember who, but it was fucking annoying. Every time I freaking donk a donk, like, oh my God, how can you? Wait, just... Were you not just singing Nell, a Nelly song? No, that was Ja Rule's feature. Because oh, I was going to say, because that sounded like Nelly and Kelly Rowland. What? No. I don't, I don't know. All I heard was, <laughs> so I kind of pieced who, it together. Who sounds like they're gargling in that fucking, uh, that song where she's texting with Microsoft Excel? That That is not Ja Rule. No, it's not, that's what I'm trying to say though. I'm yeah. saying who's gargling in that song? Nobody. I every time I'm alone with you, I got a lot of thing in you, baby. Whatever. I'm talking about that song, not the Kelly Rowland Nelly song. Okay, I have no idea what song you're. Regardless, it's garbage. It was on much music forever. That's Joe Rule's voice. That's just his natural voice. Whatever. Anything he did with the Shanti was a banger. All right, continue. Too bad nothing ever happened with Ashanti after like three years. She fell off uh, the fucking map real hard. Uh, she dated Nelly forever. Um, and that's all I know about her. And her song Foolish is a fucking banger as well. Foolish. Okay, yeah, I remember that one. I, for some moment there, I thought Foolish Games by Jewel. I'm like, that's not even the same person. Are you enjoying this public enemy review? Anyways, we're going to move on to song number 15, the penultimate track, Prophets of Rage. Okay, so speaking of penultimate track, uh, so far, absolutely nothing has sounded like it's approaching the end of the album. Nothing is giving me end of album vibes. It's not Not even the last track. Right? It's like, we're not done, or like, we're, we're almost done. It's none of that. It's just like, here's what we have. And that's it. And I really appreciate that because I'm not feeling like, oh, it's time to wind down. I just feel like it kind of kept the consistent energy throughout the entire thing. And it gives it to me here. Um, Again, this is another one that I would listen to on its own outside of the album. 
still love the record scratches. 100% down for that. I don't even give a shit if it's just an entire song of record scratches. I'll take it. Um, and I like the samples here. And I, I referenced like the speech, but this really just someone talking. Uh, I really like the interest that that added into that. I There's just something about this one that I like so much. I, I looked at the samples on this track, but once again, for some reason, I didn't write them down and I do not remember what they are for, for uh-huh. the life of me. But because I, I mentioned that this reminded me of, like a lot of a, the track straight out of Compton by NWA, just the way it was presented. And so I had to look it up because I'm like, did they sample that? But then I realized the album straight out of Compton, the album actually came out like two months after this one. So I was like, oh, they couldn't have. And also that's East Coast, West yeah. Coast right there. I don't know what that feud was like in the 80s, but uh, I can't. The 90s. Uh, the 90s <laughs> is when it got hot. Let's say yeah. that much. Uh, but because, yeah, I think uh, what Death Row in the West and then it was Def Jam in the East or something like that. Regardless. Uh, so I was like, yeah. there's no way this happened. Although Dr. Dre connected public enemy with rick rubin so try to explain that to somebody i don't know but anyways yeah. <laughs> it's almost nothing to do with it but yeah i thought there might have been like a match there because of again with the dre correlation but yeah like the number so but i i like how it kind of reminded me of that because like i mean that album's pretty hot too that song's pretty hot so yeah uh, I, I was enjoying the way this one sounded i really dig like how heavy and chunky this whole beat was too a lot of fun like when it comes to like rap and hip hop, it's hard to name like a heavy song, but this is the heaviest song on the album. And I'm not including the angel with death or angel of death fucking sample, whatever. I'm talking about like this one, they, they made it heavy on their own without electric guitars. So that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. I think maybe that's why I would listen to this one is a little heavier. And also this one was only three minutes, 18 seconds. So it really did wonders for the track. Great track without dragging at all. So really yeah. appreciate this one. Really like it. Yep. I I enjoyed it and I scored it appropriately. Cool, so did I, but we'll find that out soon enough. Because we gotta go one more song, final Ooh. song on the album, song number 16, Party for Your Right to Fight. Yes, it is a play on words with the Beastie Boys. I thought the Beastie Boys copied them, but no, this came out two years afterwards. We literally did ill communication in the first season. Yeah, in the first season. And earlier in this episode, which my goldfish brain remembers i said my memory's shit my attention span is shit didn't we, everything about it isn't ill communication like i think that was 35 years old when we covered it wasn't it jeez i don't even remember anymore probably probably i think that one came out in like 84 85 80, i think 86 86 okay 86. so then something like 2022 or something i don't even remember anymore fuck yeah it must have been 2022 like early 2022 anyways uh yeah talking about this one as a matter of fact that song fight for your right to party is sampled in this song uh, a couple of times at the very least uh, i'm not huge on the instrumentals in this one uh the only one i'm really big on is oh, jesus christ i just got a lot of hiccups and gas going on in my chest oh, right now oh no well, I'm almost out of my drink anyways, it's fine. And we're almost done talking too. Uh, so again, not big on the instrumentals on this track, but I do like the instrumentals when they're actually rapping though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, they sound cool there, but other than that, it sounds kind of like, I don't know, tacky with samples that just don't sit all that well. Uh, one thing I really like though, uh, that I didn't like the first time I listened to it, but then it grew on me very quickly, was the split vocals in each speaker with uh, Chuck in the left and like Flavor in the right. I, I love the tonal difference between them. I love how they're kind yeah. of off of each other. So you could tell it was like live takes really yeah. dig that. I just, I don't know. There was something really pleasing about listening to that. So I don't know. It, it grew on me. I really like that portion. So I appreciate that. Um, 
I didn't have much of an opinion on it, but I did mention that it kind of threw me off that the vocals are in each ear, but offset just slightly. So it does feel like they're next to you trying to match each other and, and talk to you, which is kind of cool. Um, this definitely sounds so eighties and I, I actually kind of like it. Um, it is, it is pretty cheesy sounding. Um, I like the music and I really enjoyed the female vocalizing or vocalization or whatever. I like that. Um, and the song ending, it was, it just ended abruptly. It was a little jarring because I was like, Oh, like we're done. But I feel like it's kind of like you're, you're reading a book, you get to the last page, you just slam the book closed and the album ends. And if I think of it that way, I actually kind of appreciate it. It's like, like we have nothing else to say. Goodbye. There's like four more minutes of song and they just slam the book shut. <laughs> right. Like the middle of a bar. <laughs> it's like it's like the soul uh the souls of the dam coming out of the book and their hands are coming out, and so you just gotta close the book before the hands come out too far, you know? <laughs> yes. Um the only other note I have is <laughs> we've already been mentioning it a lot already, but I was hoping that this album wasn't gonna end with multiple uses of yeah, boy. Oh but my it, god. Of course it did like this, of course, this is how they end the album. It's a public enemy track. Why am I shocked? <laughs> Maybe it's because nope. to this day I'm still annoyed by it, but here it is. And this is back when it was in its prime. And maybe, I mean, chances are, yeah, boy, it was like kind of like catchphrases as we have them now. Remember like how a handful of years ago there was like YOLO and shit like that. And people said that because oh, of Drake and stuff like that. Now, yeah. Well, I'm just saying like, yeah, boy, must have been like, you couldn't not hear it on a street corner every five minutes. like Or like eat my shorts and cowabunga when the Simpsons were big. Don't have a cow, man. Right? Hearing that all the time. Doe. There's an, there's one in that exact tone, too. Doe. Yeah. 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 Although I like the actor who replaced Homer Simpson in that one episode and he said, Poe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, let's just start a Simpsons podcast. I can talk about yes. that shit all fucking day. Oh, my God. I would watch the Simpsons that shit fans forever. just destroy us. <laughs> That's fine. Alrighty then, well, we are now at the end of It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back by Public Enemy. Oh, goodness, 16 whole tracks, and we are well, technically 15, I guess, since we didn't do one of them. Yeah. You get the idea, 16 tracks up under our belts now. So, hey, thank you very much for making this far through the podcast, if you indeed did. If you checked out this album and, uh, you know, want to talk about it, by all means, do that in the comments below of wherever you're listening. Audio, video, doesn't really matter. Uh, love to hear your opinion. You heard ours. We want to hear yours. How'd you feel about this album? Yes, let us know. Uh-huh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I can't read it because my emotions are fragile. That's fine. I, I'm the one who answers like all comments anyways on fucking YouTube and shit like that. Yeah. I don't didn't didn't the guy from Psychotic Symphony reach out to us and you still haven't responded? Because to I him? don't know what to say. Hey, guy, guy not... from Psychotic Symphony, if you're listening right now, take this as like the sign of why we haven't responded. No, no honestly. Okay. What am I supposed to say aside? Like, I am not a fan. He said he's the cow, like, dude. And you're like, oh, oh that's cool. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. yeah. Okay. I, did, I don't know what this You guys got any like tapes laying around? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, I, I'm not someone to be like, give me free shit. Or, I'm not uh, going to be like, like, oh my God, I'm your biggest fan. Let me suck your dick. I, I, just no. Act what happened. Ask what happened to the band. And like, if they got any plans, like, what is everyone doing now? What's up? Like, you know, questions like that, like a biography yeah, if, type thing. If I did get exclusive already, interviews, if I didn't already try and creep them online before we even did the episode, I, w- I could pretend I didn't know, but I know that one of them uh, is a camera rig guy. 
uh, or a sound guy for like films and TV and stuff. Um, the guitarist played with uh, David Lee Roth. Um, I think one of them just doesn't do anything musical. But I I looked this up because I'm a fucking creep. Yeah, but they still appreciate probably appreciate people like you because no one asks questions about Psychotic Symphony anymore. Anyways, yes. we're not talking about Psychotic Symphony. We but have you to continue. Check that one out anyways, pretty good. Uh, I've run out of cards, but yeah, I think that was like episode like 43, if I remember correctly. It's back in season two, Psychotic Symphony. If yeah. you want to go watch that, but we got to finish off our Public Enemy episode because that's where we are now. We're starting season five. That was three seasons ago. God damn it. Yeah. All right, so now it's time for the show where we uh, rank the songs. So above our heads, boom, graphics have changed our names and numbers. There's a lot of numbers up there. And there's going to be a lot of names, too, because there's 15 songs on each side, 30 all together, because that's what we do now. Rank the songs from least favorite to favorite, worst to best, bad to good, whatever you want to say. That's what we do. 15 to 1. Sure, why not? Yeah, we rank it 15 to 1. Yeah. All righty, then. So let's just get, get this started because we've been rambling for a while. Anyways, so... Uh, do you think we're going to match it all? No. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the more songs we have, the less likely we are, but the less yeah. songs we have, the more likely we are. I mean, Just we ended season four with four matches on Nine Inch Nails there. It was that pretty was interesting. sick. Will it happen again? Find out in season five, apparently. All right. Uh, so song number 15, show me, show them what you got. 15, Mind Terrorist. I'm not going to write the entire thing on this fucking paper. I'm not writing. I'm just going to write one word and I'll know what exactly what it is. Okay. Number 14, Mind Terrorist. Ah, uh, the one offs are back. Show them what you got. Yeah, yeah. Show. While you were writing the other one, I just mouthed, fuck. <laughs> Song number 13, Security of the First World. A cold lampin' with flavor. Hard R, flavor. I always thought it was. We don't flavor. use hard R's in the no, show. No, no. We've already been over this. No, no, I can I always thought it was flavor, flav, because that's the way that it was always said. Well, so yeah, just... looking at like typing it in, I keep typing flavor, flav, and it keeps correcting me. I'm like, no, motherfucker, his name is flavor, flavor, flavor. <laughs> yeah, right. It's also it's just pronounced flavor, flavor, so it's actually not flav at all. <laughs> flavor, flav. Uh, song number twelve, party for your right to fight. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe it. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. Wow, the don't, singles are not high on your list. That's crazy. Not That's one of them at the very least. Uh, let's see, number 11, Cold Lampin' with Flavor or whatever. Yeah. Rebel Without a Pause. And I'm back with the fever hat and Ben Davis slack. Sorry, I'm thinking of Kid Rock now for some dumb reason. I'm thinking of American Badass. Oh my God. Because he starts the song by saying, Devil Without a Cause, and I'm back. Kid Rock's shit. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. song number 10, Terminator X to the Edge of Panic. Uh, Night of the Living Baseheads. They're coming to get you, Barbara. See, that's what I thought the first time. I'm pretty sure everyone did. Mm. Number nine, she Watch watched Channel thing. Zero. She watched gay porn. <laughs> Bring the noise. To anyone who skipped ahead and missed that Channel Zero story. Yeah, go back and listen to that uh, and then never listen to this podcast again because that's probably what you'd do. Yeah, see, Chris isn't being homophobic. I told the story that's relevant to that point. Yes. Uh, look at that, number eight, Night of the Living Baseheads. Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. I'm truly believing there is no matches. This is how we're going to start the season. Damn right it is. Black I, Steel. I did this shit purposely. There you go, because so did I, because number seven, Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos. Motherfucker. Security of the First World. 
surprised you like that one as much. But then again, this is the same person who yeah. fucking rated in it by pitch shifter as number one. It's a shame, isn't it? Sure it is. Number six, bring the noise. Number six, caught. Can we get a witness? Praise the Lord. Number five, Rebel Without a Pause. Terminator X to the edge of panic. Term X. Number four, Louder Than a Bomb. Prophets of Rage. This is fantastic. I love how annoying this is. Kind of, eh? Yeah, we number have three. no matches now. We're done. No, so if you thought we were going to match, don't number three, don't believe the hype. <laughs> <laughs> Party for your right to fight. That was not that good. I liked it. Of course you did, you weirdo. Number two, caught, can I get a witness? Louder than a bomb. Well, at least you like that one. Louder oh. than. Number one, Prophets of Rage. She watched Channel Zero? She watched, sorry. <laughs> I was a, she yeah. watched Nevermind. She watched that program. <laughs> she watched Channel Zero. Yeah, isn't that because it had the fucking Slayer sample, isn't it? Because I liked it. Maybe, your... yeah, maybe a little new. Maybe a lot. <laughs> there you go. Well, zero to uh, 15. Good start to season five here. Woo-woo. We're not even at 100 total matches yet. Oh my God. Like, it's going to happen. It has to happen in season five. It actually has to. But watch, uh, like next week, we end up with more than 50% of the album matching and throw a big party and the balloon, the balloons that I've netted in my ceiling for the last five seasons can finally come down. They're all wilted now. I wonder what song is actually going to break the hundred match barrier, though. I'm so curious uh, if you want to know how many matches we have every Thursday on Instagram. We do post that, by the way, so you can always uh, check that out. So check it out uh, this Thursday when the public enemy one goes up. If you want to keep track uh, until then, we got one more thing to do. The, uh, you know, the title track, what my shirt says here and what Savannah's big flash mug says, rate the record. That's what we got to do. So let's do it now. Whoosh. All right, here we are on the album rating screen. Oh my God, it looks a little cleaner than it did last year. I kind of cleaned it a bit over the break. Uh, and it, to anyone who watched our shit over the break and saw me redux episode 33, by the way, which was uh, Tripping Daisies, Jesus Hits Like the Atom Bomb, it is a little higher on the list, and that's actually what got me to fix the list in the first place. So hey, there you go. Thank you, Tripping Daisy, for helping me fix the list. Um, Thank you, Tripping Daisy, in general. Yay. Maybe like the guy from Psychotic Symphony, maybe Tripping Daisy's listening. Who knows? Uh, probably really not. Like, maybe they really like Public Enemy. I don't know. Uh, if they don't like Public Enemy, I hope they like me. Please, Tom DeLauder, send me some free stuff. Thank you. Polyphonic Spree is pretty good, too. Yay. <laughs> he sends you like a broken tape cassette. Anyways, we got to rate this album. The first one is season five. Where is it going and why is it on the B tier? We're going to find out in a minute because we have to give our scores first. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and make Savannah do it first just because this, she's so special. She deserves to go first. Um, I do want to correct myself. I'm pretty sure I said Tom. I meant Tim. Now I'm definitely not going to get that oh, broken no, cassette. Oh, fuck. I really must. They might wipe up. their ass with a t-shirt and give it to you. And that's about it. Oh, I feel like I'm such an ass. Um, now I, I had read this earlier, but I'm just gonna read it again. Um, I was going to do a yeah boy in public enemy number one count, but I figure saying a lot would just cover it. That's pretty much this entire album. There are definitely songs in the album that I would play on their own, but they really just make up a small fraction of the whole record. The score is higher than I thought it was going to be, but with this many songs, I mean, it kind of evens out and mine came out to be 71.2. Like two zero. 
Okay, I just want to make sure I'm uh, writing that properly. 71.20. Yes. That's, that's, that's definitely not bad. Yeah, I thought it was going to be worse, but I think the songs that I liked, I really liked, and songs I didn't like, I just didn't like as much as the ones I did, as per normal. Fair enough then. Uh, so yeah, 71.2 then, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, so obviously I do like Public Enemy and kind of the same thing with you though, where it's like uh, certain songs will rank much higher than others. Uh, and that goes for a lot of albums I had. You know, I'd still buy this one on vinyl regardless that I also be tiered this album. But that's 76.66. So there's three sixes in there. Talk about the evil or something. Oh, Ooh, I don't know. but the devil. Something along the lines that there's a seven in there, so it's got to be lucky somehow. But anyways, combined, it brings this to an even B tier at 73.93%. The first B tier of the season, of course. Who, who would have thought differently? 73.93 nestled above TV on the radio and below Kate Bush. Ooh, Katie did better. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's By good. 0.03? 0.02. That's good because the uh, Kate Bush fans sure hate us. Uh, they are ravenous for blood. If, if if I had to expect any fan base from any what? album we've ever covered to shit on us, the Kate Bush fan base was not the one I was anticipating. We've done Radiohead. We've done Tool. We've gotten a bit of flack for Alice in Chains. But Kate, yeah. God, you guys are relentless with that shit. Jesus. Yep. Which also, I'm I, convinced the people who have did rip on us, I'm, I'm I'm convinced they did not listen to the episode. Uh, probably not, and I don't think they really understand that Kate Bush didn't really make it as big in North America as she did in Europe. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that definitely, you know, the culture is music's part of culture, and if the music is different than what your culture exposes you to obviously you're going to have different thoughts on it so i mean it's just the way it is yeah i won't go too in depth in that. i'll just say that like some of the comments makes me believe that they made me listen to like five minutes of the review and just gave yeah. up it's like you didn't 100 this you're done uh yeah. so I, I'm, I'm i don't know i'm convinced but anyways that's that and uh hopefully the public enemy fan base won't be so uh, evil towards us because we're coming back now whoosh we're in the uh the picture again uh and yeah there you go public enemy at first album of season five it's and it's also an anniversary album celebrating 35 years and it ends up in the b tier why doesn't it end up in the b tier is the real question yeah we got some of them we got to get those b tier hats that'd be perfect oh i i think i'm going to and and every time we be tiering, I'll, I'll, that's when i'll put it on at the very end i'll wear mine backwards and then when we b tier it i'll swing it around and like my hair will get all messed up but it's just but if it's like it. anything else can you just like flip it off and just like have it go out of frame and then i'll put in a glass smashing sound effect when it hits the floor yes although there are guitars on the wall behind me so i'm going to flick it off and it's going to get hung on one of those guitars and make this huge clamor um and then you won't have to add the sound effect because i would be breaking my own set i'll still add the sound effects anyways it's fine <laughs> screaming well there you have it that's the end of the podcast the end of the episode so or the end of the first episode back for the season so hey thank you very much for hanging out and joining us today listening to music talking about music but now is your turn to talk about the music so let us know what you thought about the album down in the comments below what did you think of the album where would you rank 
the songs where would you, how would you rate the record do you agree or disagree with our b tier uh do you disagree with our b tier there's a big circle around that one there <laughs> go ahead and let us know it's fine we can deal with it we've dealt with the kate bush fan base we can deal with you too <laughs> but also you can maybe say some nice things regardless go ahead and do that and make sure you hit like subscribe rate comment share follow if you think we deserve it uh there's many ways to do that across many platforms all found at rate the record.ca where once again you can find all of our streaming links all of our social links you can request albums album giveaway which remember we are doing pearl jams 10 for the june 2023 giveaway there's still a little bit of time left like a week or so so make sure you do that and yeah as savannah just held up her mug my shirt here yeah. merch there is more so make sure you go check all that out and also uh the rtr club too all the links are there please go check it out it's great yeah 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 nothing cool so much is spoiler for, for next this week. final episode i have a spoiler for next week and that's it. i haven't gotten to that part yet but that's well, all any- i have G- let me finish now i'm gonna wait five seconds of silence just because you're annoying before we let and you I go will continue to be annoying five more seconds Before we let you go, we do like to give a little sneak preview of what to expect next week, as we usually do. I uh, haven't done this in a while, but here we are doing this one. And I shouldn't even be letting her talk right now, but Savannah does have next week's pick. So uh, uh, tell us, is it Cannibal Corpse, like I said earlier? Uh, it is not Cannibal Corpse, and it is not the band Death. Um, we have but to next be talking week, about Necrophilia, though. Uh, what it, Mayhem, that's it. Uh, we're not doing Mayhem either. Um Next week, we have a band who just released a new album this month in June uh, with a new band member. And that's all you're getting. Oh, the Beatles, because they came up with that new AI song or they're coming up with it soon anyway. So we're reviewing the Beatles next week. So was it them doing that? Because it showed up on my uh, YouTube. Paul McCartney is overseeing it, essentially. So I didn't know that. I thought it was a fan thing. They're going with some unreleased John Lennon vocal stuff and like basing an AI track around. It's going to suck. It's going to fuck. Interesting. Interesting. I I don't like it. But anyways, that has nothing to do with this and nor is it going to be the Beatles next week. We're not doing much. Anyways. So if you can somehow guess what Savannah picked next week, I mean, there's some obvious clues in there too, especially with the new album release. We're not doing that album, but yeah, still. Regardless, uh, go listen to some awesome music. Go check out Public Enemy if you haven't. I mean, maybe you'll like it more than Savannah did at the very least. And we'll see you again real soon. So take care, friends. Bye-bye.